Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Jeff T. from the Club 520 Podcast. When it comes to your feet, eBay's got your back. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guaranteed, that means real experts are checking your sneakers. Every stitch, down to the sole. They even smell them because nothing says fresh like the scent of real kicks. So kick back and relax. From the drop to your doorstep, eBay doesn't play games with your sneaker game. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay Authenticity Guaranteed. Visit ebay.com for terms. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. I'm joined, as always, by Pat Fitzmorris at Fitz underscore FF. Fitzy, doing a three-round rookie mock. Are you ready? It's going to look a little different than the past ones that we've done now that we have landing spots. Yes, very excited. We get uh, some variants here and, uh, you know, get to, to work in the landing spots and see how that influences things. So, yes, let's do it, man. I'm excited. To join us from High Floor Fantasy Football, it is Jay Arsh. Follow him on the Twitter at Jay Arsh, A-R-S-H-T. Uh, and Jay, welcome and thank you for coming on. And uh, how excited are you about the rookie class? And, uh, you know, we finally got landing spots after all this lead up. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. It's uh, great to be here. And yeah, man, I mean, it's uh, the culmination of a, a lot of predictions, a lot of, uh, you know, guessing and uh I like the landing spots. I mean, I think I think I like the landing spots for a few different positions more than others. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that's, you know, maybe something we can all agree on. But uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to get it started. I feel like uh, Bijan died for the rest of the running back sins here. <laughs> you know, Bijan ends up in the best spot that we could possibly imagine for a first round running back. And then the rest are kind of, you know, they're not terrible spots. I mean, every place is a committee anymore. But uh, I like the wide receivers in the tight ends had some really good landing spots and QB needy teams for the QB. So the running back's not so great, uh, but everything else was uh, pretty solid. So um, yeah, it's going to be three rounds. Now uh, Fitz, I decided that the guest goes first, you go second, I go third as usual. Uh, the next one I'll go first, because I know you want to see me take Bijan uh, at some point <laughs> here. And I will, I promise that I'll take uh, Bijan uh, pretty quickly here. But before we dive in, and uh, start the draft here. Um, I just got to tell you guys about the 2023 Dynasty Draft Kit at fantasypros.com slash dynasty. Get ahead of the competition with it. Expert rankings, trade advice, combine coverage, Dynasty rookie profiles, position primers, and more. You have everything you need to dominate your draft for free. FRWE upgrading to premium unlocks even more draft strategy content in our draft kit, along with access to our Discord, which Fitz and I are on most Fridays at 5 Eastern. Please check that out, which allows you to directly interact with our analysts. Unlock the secrets to crushing your dynasty draft with our dynasty draft kit today at fantasypros.com slash dynasty. All right. So let's just get into it here, guys. And uh, we'll talk about these guys as we move on here. But Jay, you are up in a super flex. 
I guess the question is, is it still Bijan and Superflex or is it a quarterback? Well, yeah, thanks for giving me the first pick. I won't have to get, you know, too spicy off the bat. Uh, there are two <laughs> players that I would consider here. Uh, it would be Bijan Robinson, of course, and Anthony Richardson, I do think is in consideration. But uh, like I said, not going to get too spicy at the first pick. I'm going to take Bijan Robinson. And, and like you alluded to, you know, I mean, he he did land in a, in a good spot, in my opinion. You know, Atlanta does like to to run the rock. Um, goes in the top 10, which we love, you know, the draft capital for him as a running back going there. And, uh, you know, Interested to see what they're going to do. I'm surprised that, you know, Atlanta didn't make any improvements at the quarterback position. Uh, but I do think it's a good spot for Bijan. And I think that he still should be the 101. Although Anthony Richardson got closer than he was prior to the draft, in my opinion. Uh, I, I think so, too. Fitz is going to be up here uh, for the second pick. But it's still Bijan 1.1, no matter the format. Right, Fitz? It is. and uh, But can I push back at something you said, Boggs? Sure, like, please. You, you said Atlanta is maybe the optimal landing spot for Bijan Robinson. Like, I'm not so sure about that. I mean, I, I like it. We know that Arthur Smith is fully committed to the running game. Like, I mean, almost to a fault. And, um, you know, but like the one thing that kind of concerns me with Desmond Ritter at quarterback, I mean, Bijan is going to be facing loaded boxes, like typical, uh, you know, eight man fronts, I think like, cause who's going to be more concerned about Desmond Ritter beating uh, a defense over the top than they are about Bijan, like, you know, running all over the place against you. So like that part of it concerns me a little, you know, and I, I suppose though the counter argument is that at least Ritter is mobile and we know that mobile quarterbacks generally help with running back efficiency. Like, I guess I can't be too depressed about like Bijan facing eight man fronts when like Jonathan Taylor with Anthony Richardson, I mean, he's going to face a lot of eight man fronts too, but man, with Anthony Richardson's mobility and like freezing those linebackers for a split second, um, like, I wouldn't be surprised if if Jonathan Taylor just goes berserk this year. So yeah, I I, I understand that, and um, you know, it, it's for me, it's it's a great landing spot because the running the running backs had the second most carries in the NFL last year out of Atlanta. So yeah, it, but me, you, you never you never know about like you know the Arthur Smith has we hate him for fantasy because Kyle Pitts has done nothing, Drake London has done nothing, so. Don't you better not ruin Bijan or you'll have an <laughs> uprising, Arthur Smith. Here. Yeah, that, that's that's right. really the thing. But and also remember what Frank Reich did to Jonathan Taylor his rookie year. We saw way too much Naheem Hines. So there's the possibility we see way too much Tyler Algier with Bijan Robinson in the backfield as well. So, yeah, you, we can poke holes in all of them. But for the most part, you like the high volume. Uh, yeah, real, real quick, Boggs, let me ask our guest since uh, Jay is an Eagles fan. Like Jay, were you were you kind of wishing that Bijan might land in Philly? I mean, I know you don't have much to complain about as far as how the draft shook out for Eagles fans, but um, you know, were, were you was some small part of you wishing uh, that Bijan was going to be wearing green? Oh, sure. I mean, I tried to not let myself get there throughout the whole draft process because you know the discourse was, you know, it would make sense. Ten seemed like almost the you know the latest that he would go essentially to to many. Uh, at the same time, you know, the Howie Roseman narratives of not taking the running backs that early. So I tried to not let myself get there. Uh, as the draft got closer and closer, it started to seem more likely. And yeah, of course, I mean, I was dreaming about Bijan and Green, and I still think it would have been a great spot. But, you know, we got the consolation prize of getting DeAndre Swift on day three. So, yeah. yeah. Poor Eagles only landed with DeAndre <laughs> Swift and Jalen Carter. So, yeah, you, you guys are doing okay. Uh, Fitzy, you're up for pick two. Bijan is gone. Who are you taking? 
All right, Jay hinted at it. Uh, Anthony Richardson at 102. And uh, Boggs, I know he's your he's been your top quarterback all along in the process. I've been a little slower to come around to it, and it was going to maybe depend on the landing spot for me. But the more um, I've heard about Richardson and the more like Matt Waldman sort of sold us <laughs> on him and just, you know, drilling home the point that where maybe Anthony Richardson doesn't have a lot of game experience, like he is not, uh, you know, an unsophisticated player when it comes to processing pocket management, uh, whiteboard expertise and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, really excited about him. And just because he could be another, you know, quarterback who has the sort of running impact that we've seen from Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen. Um, and and then, you know, just on top of it, Fields and a great arm to boot. And yes, he's going to need refinement. but. Um, you know, he's capable of getting there. And man, if if the passing clicks for him the way it did for Jalen Hurts last year, look out, man. Sky is the limit. So, yeah, with the upside, you have to go with Anthony Richardson at 102, I believe. Yeah, Jay, for me, I've been saying, you know, all the quarterbacks have a yeah, but in, in this uh, draft, it's, you know, Bryce Young, yeah, but his size. Uh, CJ, yeah, but his, you know, the talent that he had around him was very good. Vanilla, vanilla offense and those that that. Uh, score that cognition test was real bad um, with Richardson. It's yeah, but inexperienced, but I mean, most athletic quarterback ever in the history of the draft, uh, according to RAS score. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll take the upside. I think that's the right play taking Richardson at two. Is that what you would do as well? Sure. Yeah, I, de- I definitely agree. Taking Richardson at two. And, and like you said, I mean, there are, you know, reasons to be skeptical of, of all three of these quarterbacks. But, you know, we like to talk about it in fantasy with the rushing upside and the rushing floor, you know, that it ultimately gives you. And I, you know, I actually think Anthony Richardson has the best surrounding cast in his offense as well. Um, you know, he has Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, Alec Pierce, um, Shane Steichen, who, you know, just came from coaching Jalen Hurts as well. So uh, a good plan to develop him, hopefully, and, and some weapons around him to start. Uh, for pick number three, I'm up. I'm going to take Bryce Young, the quarterback from Carolina. Uh, I, you know, I, I would consider non-quarterback options here if you're a team that has quarterbacks and you're desperate for a wide receiver or running back. Addison or Gibbs would be okay. But the quarterbacks, especially the guys that are going to start immediately, are worth more for you. So it might be worth your time to just take the quarterback, even if you don't need them, and end up trading them for a better asset than what you would have gotten in the draft or more assets if you're rebuilding, uh, something like that. So uh, for me, I'm going to go ahead and snap up Bryce Young, um, quarterback for Carolina. He should be there for a long time to come. I know the size is a question. CJ Stroud has questions as well. Richardson has questions as well. But um, I'm just going to take one of the better QB prospects I've seen despite his size uh, coming out. So I'm happy to get young uh, at three. Is this a snap decision for you fits here at three? Would you also take young or, or Stroud or a quarterback, or would you maybe go to a position player instead? I just sort of flip flop on this. And I, I had Stroud ahead of young just cause I do have concerns about the size, but I just moved young back ahead. Um, and I, part of it is just that he, I think he's in a better landing spot. Uh, I think he's got more to work with in Carolina and um, just the fact that his floor is so high. And I think he's going to maximize his potential pretty quickly. Like the rookie year might be a little rough, but I think by year two, uh, he's going to be a pretty fully formed NFL player and close to like, you know, close to his best, I think, by year two. Jay, do do you agree? uh, Keep quarterbacks in, in this spot or is there a position player you like here? 
Yeah, there are, there are a few position players I like, but in a vacuum, I mean, I do think you have to go quarterback still. And, and it's tough for me because real, real, really, I don't love C.J. Stroud's uh, landing spot where he ended up in Houston. I don't love that they traded their 24 uh, first-round pick as well to go up and get Will Anderson. You know, takes away some ammo for them to, to add some talent around C.J. Stroud. And Houston hasn't been the most uh, functional organization these past couple of years either. And I don't love the weapons around C.J. Stroud. I don't think his ceiling is necessarily that high in fantasy, but you know, we're wrong about this stuff sometimes. I mean, some people weren't as high on Justin Herbert when he came in um, for, you know, some different reasons as well. And I think that, you know, like you said, the quarterback's going to hold value a little bit longer in dynasty. I mean, a lot longer in most situations. Um, And so don't love the landing spot. Uh, Don't love the player as much as Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson, but I do still think quarterback is the pick at at 104. All right. So CJ Stroud going fourth overall to Jay. This is where the draft kind of starts for me. Fitz, you're at five. I think the top four are kind of cut and paste. What are you doing at number five? Did did Jay officially go with Stroud? Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So now I'm going to go with Jameer Gibbs. And uh, he wasn't this high for me pre-draft. But, you know, we saw the enthusiasm with the Lions taking him much earlier than we expected him to come off the board. I mean, we thought he was going to be kind of a borderline first rounder. Um, The Lions taking him and then immediately trading DeAndre Swift, Uh, maybe not immediately, but a a couple days later. Um, That really gives Gibbs a nice runway here to instant fantasy relevance. Yes, uh, David Montgomery is going to play a lot on early downs, but I don't think we want Gibbs at 199 pounds to necessarily be a workhorse. I think we're looking for something more like early career Alvin Kamara usage, where he gets, you know, around a hundred targets and maybe fewer than 200 carries. So he's not getting worked to death, like as a, a smaller back, but he's getting those high value opportunities as a pass catcher. And, you know, that's what you want to do with, Gibbs, get him in space. Uh, I like the landing spot. I think Ben Johnson is going to know what to do with him. I think we know that Jared Goff, uh, you know, is has no compunction about dumping off to his running backs. So I really do like the spot for Gibbs. Um, yeah, the track record for sub 200 pound running backs is not great, but you know, you've got a 199 pound guy. So that almost seems like kind of an arbitrarily, Give him arbitrary, a he'll be fine. Off on, exactly. You know, uh, do that, put on a few pounds and, and we're fine. Right. That's right. That's right. He, he, give him some sandwiches. He's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, uh, Jay, this is kind of where it opens up. Are, are you, is Gibbs your guy too? I think he's most the RB two on most boards. I know some people like Charbonnet, some people like I, I'm, I'm an Addison guy here. Uh, but, but what do you think about uh, this pick of Gibbs here? For me, it's between Gibbs and Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, personally. But I, I do think that, you know, the investment that the Lions made in, in acquiring Jameer Gibbs and how just how excited they were when they made the pick and how they've been afterwards. I mean, they could have picked Bijan at six and they chose to, you know, trade back and pick Jameer Gibbs, which is a pretty heavy endorsement of how they feel about the player. Uh, we all have, you know, PTSD of how, you know, DeAndre Swift was used in Detroit at the same time. He was a second round pick. Uh, Jameer Gibbs was a top 15 pick. So, I do think he's going to be an instant producer there. Um, and, you know, you alluded to it early in the show, too. I mean, most of these backfields are split. Um, nobody's getting 100% of the workload. So if he's getting those high-value touches, I think that, you know, he's a good investment there. Hey, you want, like Fitz said, you want 10 to 15, and you hope he hits the home run. 
So, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe gets in the end zone some other way. I mean, and he's going to catch some passes too, because he can really run routes and catch the ball. So a lot of fun to watch. I'm going to go with Jordan Addison at pick number six. Um, you know, it seems to me that wide receiver one is split between JSN and Addison. I don't really have like a crazy strong preference in terms of the talent between these two. But for me, I'll take the Minnesota offense and what Kevin O'Connell has done uh, with, you know, guys like cup and Robert Woods who were both, you know, obviously super talented, but he kind of unlocked the talent. We've seen Justin Jefferson um, be amazing uh, and the number one pick in dynasty. In most cases, TJ Hawkinson is eating up coverage over the middle. So I'm excited to see what they do a team that is likely to cut Dalvin cook. It has not happened yet. Um, but I think we're going to see more passing out of this team than we ever had before. And Addison's going to be a big part of it. So I'm going to go ahead and snap him up at pick number six. I'm guessing I know who Jay is going to take at number seven. <laughs> Who's that going to be? Jay? I am going to take Jackson Smith, the Jigba, the wide receiver from, from Ohio state going to Seattle, but, but I don't hate the Jordan Addison pick going ahead of him either. I think it is a debate that, you know, is, is worth having. Uh, I don't, dislike Jackson Smith the Jigba's landing spot as much as it feels like some people do uh I think Seattle's you know a good organization he still went off the board as the first re- receiver in the draft at a uh, pick 20 and uh you know Tyler Lockett's going on either he is 31 or he's going on 31 by the end of the season I, I think this is a uh, you know he's going to be the predecessor to Tyler Lockett and he also fits I've been kind of thinking about it like a puzzle piece, you know, it's like he fits perfectly into that offense. He doesn't really play the same position as DK Metcalf and not as much. Tyler Lockett goes in the slot sometimes, but JSN's going to fit into his own role there. I think he's going to, you know, be playing immediately. And we're talking about dynasty. I think for the future, you know, he's, he's in a good spot to succeed. That one, two punch of, uh, you know, Metcalf and JSN is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, to watch in Seattle for years to come here, Fitz. Is this kind of the the next tier for you? Is it Gibbs and then these two wideouts, or is it uh, does it expand beyond that? I think it is. Um, you know, I've got all these first round wide receivers sort of bunched together, and it's it's interesting because I think Addison definitely had the most favorable landing spot of the first round wide receivers. And that maybe does narrow the gap between, you know, I had, I had sort of a pre-draft gap between JSN and the rest of the guys. And I think that gap narrowed a little bit, at least the gap between JSN and Addison did. Like, I think it's a, a close call. I mean, I probably would have taken JSN over Addison, but I can't really blame you for going Addison. And now um, here at 108, I find it sort of a difficult decision between <laughs> Zay Flowers and Quentin Johnston, the other two first round guys. And I'm going to go with Flowers. Um, I, I just I think I like his landing spot a little more because I think he's got a quicker path to instant relevance. Like it might take an injury in year one for Quentin Johnston to be relevant. Like I do think he can push his way past Josh Palmer on the depth chart, but he's not getting past. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Uh, although I realize like with, with Keenan Allen's contract, he might be spending his last year with the Chargers. Uh, we don't know what the future holds for Mike Williams, how much longer he's going to be with the team. So, you know, if Quentin Johnston is what they hope he's going to be, he might be the, the top dog there before long, but not in year one. And, um, you know, Flowers, we know the Ravens have been pretty run heavy, although maybe they get a little less run heavy with Todd Munkin as the new offensive coordinator. But I would expect that they're still going to be run heavier than average. Um, still, though, 
why couldn't Zay Flowers at least be uh, as good as, as Marquise Brown was with the Ravens? And Boggs, you know, I think Marquise Brown is maybe a little bit overrated and we've kind of debated that on this show before. Um, so I think Flowers could be like a Marquise Brown plus. Like, I think he's going to be a better player than uh, Hollywood. And so I'm, I'm kind of excited about him here. And, uh, you know, yeah, Odell's there. Bateman, Bateman's there, but, uh, you know, what are the odds of both of those guys being healthy all year? Probably not great. So, yeah, it's almost like, are the Ravens a curse for wide receivers? It feels like oh, recently man. it's been, it's been uh pretty bad in terms of the guys landing there. We got excited about Devin Duvernay because the Ravens were excited. You talk about a, you know, uh, a draft room that was going crazy. Harbaugh was going nuts when they got him. And then they spent the first round pick on Bateman and it hasn't worked. And now they signed OBJ and they have Zay. I think the good news for Zay though, and the, the Ravens offense for wide receivers is Todd Monken coming in the offensive coordinator at Georgia coming in. This, this offense should change. They should throw the ball more and Zay would obviously be a beneficiary to that. So a difficult pick here, probably the hardest that we've had so far uh, to, to go ahead and end up uh, snagging Zay, but um, uh, that that's going to put, Oh man, that puts me back on the clock here. All right. I'm, I'm going to zig uh, when we zag first, let, let me hit you up Jay here. What do you think about this pick is would Zay have been your guy here? Or would you have gone somewhere different? Zay would have been my guy as well at, at eight. Uh, I think you guys brought up, you know, a lot of good points about it and, you know, the change in philosophy might have, you know, this might be evidence of that. You know, they went back to wide receiver in the first round, which is something I feel like we we wanted the Ravens to do over time. And now they've continued to do it. You know, they took Rashad Bateman a few years back, like you mentioned, Zay Flowers. They invested in Odell Beckham. So I do think that the philosophy is changing in Baltimore a little bit. Um, like Fitz said, I think that, you know, they might be a little bit more run heavy than others, but less run heavy than they have been in the past. Uh, so, yeah, I like the Zay Flowers pick there. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and zig with pick number nine in the first round. I'm going to take Dalton Kincaid, the tight end uh, out of Utah, going to Buffalo. And I don't feel like I was as enthusiastic about Kincaid. Definitely not as our buddy Debro. I mean, Debro, you know, comping him to Travis Kelsey and stuff like that. He's very, very excited about the, about Dalton Kincaid. I'm not that excited, but I love this landing spot in Buffalo because they didn't add another wide receiver. And this is a pass first offense that, um, you know, Josh Allen is going to find a safety blanket, Dalton Kincaid. And I'm very excited for him. It's a tough transition for tight ends to come in the NFL and produce right away. So we do have that. I know this is a little bit of a riskier pick, but you see what a good tight end can do for your team. It can be a difference maker week in and week out. And I think Kincaid, especially in this offense, has a chance to be one of the better tight ends in the league eventually. So um, Fitz, is this too early for Kincaid uh, or is this kind of in the range of where he needs to go? I mean, I think it's okay. The chalk is probably Quentin Johnston, but I have no mm -hmm. issues with Kincaid there because I think like he's 110 overall on my super flex board. So this is just a, a one spot bump for him. Gotcha. And, and Jay, um, I leave you with uh, the chance to take Quentin Johnston at 10. Are you getting a deal here or would you consider Kincaid as well? I am going to take Quentin Johnston here. Uh, I do agree that Kincaid's in this range. I think, it, you know, Good evidence of that, too, is that we all kind of were mocking uh, Buffalo to take a wide receiver, you know, whether it was in the first round or, you know, later throughout the draft. Instead of doing that, they still added a pass catcher and Dalton Kincaid, who some are saying is just a you know big slot receiver, essentially. So uh, I think he's going to get some some good volume early on in the uh, Buffalo offense. But I am going to take Quentin Johnston here at the 110. 
I was a little skeptical of him, you know, as a, as a dynasty manager, I think coming in as a, as a lot of us were, you know, we haven't had great luck with some of the TCU guys in the past. Uh, I think he's kind of, you know, right below as a prospect, some of the, you know, the top three that you know, are already off the board, but I actually liked the chargers landing spot for him long-term uh, like, you know, Pat had referenced earlier. It might not be immediate for him with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams there, but you know, getting attached to a guy like Justin Herbert, who is going to be there long-term and then getting the first round draft capital, I think was good for him. I mean, he wasn't invited to the draft for some reason. The NFL didn't, you know, invite him to the draft thinking he might not go in the first. Uh, and he got a pretty good spot there going going right at 21. So I'm going to take Quentin Johnson at 110. All right. So pick number 11 here, Fitzy. Um, another big turn. This is kind of, we have the drop off of, of the top 10 prospects. I think that's kind of a tier of its own. So now we go to 11. Who's number 11 for you, Fitz? It's Will <laughs> Levis. And, uh, you know, it's like this is not a fun pick to make. And it feels like Will Levis has become something of a uh, dynasty pariah already uh, at this, you know, before his career has even started. But I feel like we heard the same things about Josh Allen coming out. And like we forget that people made fun of how inaccurate Josh Allen was. And people would post highlights of Josh Allen missing wide open receivers and practices and, uh, you know, at Wyoming, but like, we know Levis does have the uh, Josh Allen starter kit. And even though he did fall out of the first round, the Titans traded up to get him in the second. And so he is clearly their uh, succession plan for Ryan Tannehill here. And since it appears the Titans aren't really going anywhere uh, this year, that succession plan might be put into place sooner rather than later. So, um, yeah, I mean, the the early uh, the early Will Levis experience is probably not going to be real pretty, but um, big arm fast, even if it's kind of straight line speed and, and not real elusiveness like Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts. But um just the raw tools are impressive. And, uh, you know, he is Tennessee's quarterback of the future. So that's where we're going at 111. I mean, quarterbacks are the economy of super flex leagues. And, and you got to pay heed to that, I think. I and mean, that's really what it is. Even if he's not the starter uh, to begin the season, I still think Will Levis is worth more than a lot of prospects here, Jay, because he's a quarterback. The position is limited. You can't get splits at the QB position. So there's 32. And even when there's 32, there's really like 27 or 26 because there's a bunch of uh, spots that aren't settled. So I think Will Levis is a pretty solid pick here. I totally agree. And I could feel the tension in the room. You know, none of us wanted to take him there. Like, <laughs> like Pat said, you know, he's, he's not a favorite of the dynasty community right now, but he belongs there. You know, we're, we're talking about taking a quarterback who went early second round who, you know, they traded up for could be the quarterback of the future over, you know, some of these running backs that are, you know, going to be in timeshares probably initially. Uh, and they play a position of just less value in super flex. Uh, so if Will Levis does hit, you know, I mean, he's going to be an absolute steal when people are getting him in uh, the back end of the first round. Uh, I'm going to be up next, but before I pick by now, most of you have heard probably of reality sports online, the powerful uh, fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy teams like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to see what all the buzz in the dynasty community is about free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. think it sounds complicated. It is not the best thing about reality sports, reality sports, online fantasy front office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy 
Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is a platform to test your metal. Still not sure? You can uh, test your general manager skills for free, FRWE, in a mock. If you like what you see, use the promo code FANTASYPROS to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. All right, last pick in the first for me. I'm going to take Zach Charbonnet, the running back, going to the Seattle Seahawks. Initially, very upset about this pick because I'm a huge Ken Walker fan. Love Ken Walker. Don't like anyone eating into him. Also, Zach Charbonnet is bigger physically than Ken Walker, so I'm assuming he's probably going to get goal line work as well. But we know Pete Carroll. We saw many years of Lynch and Carson working in Seattle. I've calmed down a little bit since the draft happened, and I have kind of resigned myself to liking Zach Charbonnet. I have him just over Levis um, in my ranking, so I was more than fine. Uh, that Pat was forced to pull the trigger on Will Levis. I didn't want to do it. He left me Zach Charbonnet. So I feel better about this. If you need a running back, he's still going to be used early and often. And if anything happens to Walker, he's going to have a big old lion's share. So uh, I'm happy with this pick here. Uh, Jay, your thoughts on uh, Charbonnet going to Seattle? Yeah, I mean, wow. What a what a bummer on uh, day two of the draft when that pick was made <laughs> for the dynasty community out there. Um, it's It's been really interesting following, you know, the, the Charbonnet trajectory because I, before the draft, I mean, he was going as early as, you know, 107 to 109 um, in some of these Superflex drafts or mocks at that time. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's still sliding into the first round, like you said. I mean, he's a great safety blanket if anything does happen to Kenneth Walker. And I also think, you know, Seattle – we don't like that they invested in him there, but they did. They invested in him early in the second round, and I think they're going to find some sort of way to use them both, um, which might not be great for some of the receivers that we're excited about there, I guess. But, uh, you know, Seattle does what they do, and, and they invested in another second-round running back. So I think Charbonnet is a good pick there as well. Is Charbonnet the pick for you after Will Levis fits? <sighs> no. Um, I'll, I'll tell you when that okay. player is eventually picked. But, um, yeah, I mean, like – I, we hate the landing spot, no question about it. But I, I get why Seattle did it. Like in recent years, they've Good seen pick for Chris, Seattle. For yeah, sure. they've seen they've seen Chris Carson and Rashad Penny go down, and like you, a team that values the running game as much as the Seahawks do, you don't want to be left in the lurch without your lead running back and be put in a position where you've got uh, Travis Homer and DJ Dallas types trying to carry your running game. So I, I understand the investment at the position. Uh, we just don't have to like it as dynasty managers. <laughs> and we don't, uh, but uh, let's, let's move on. Uh, the first pick in the second round, Jay, who are you taking to pair with uh, Bijan as this number one pick here? Yeah, I'm going to take a running back that I think was uh, in contention for that 112 pick with Charbonnet as well, and it's Kendra Miller for me. Uh, I think that, you know, he went off the board as the fourth running back, you know, he was the second one uh, on day two taken by the New Orleans Saints. And, you know, we're all expecting Alvin Kamara to, you know, face a suspension for, you know, his off-the-field issues this this past year. He's also going to be 28 before the season starts. So, I mean, it's it's a future plan for New Orleans, whether he's suspended or not and how long he's suspended. Uh, and I liked Kendra Miller. I mean, we didn't get to see too much of him throughout the draft process because he was dealing with some injuries, but, uh, you know, getting that sort of draft capital in the third round, going to a team where he could have immediate opportunity as well as, you know, future opportunity based on the age of, of the guys ahead of him. Uh, I like Kendra Miller there. He's actually my third running back, uh, in my rankings essentially, but you know, him and Zach Charbonnet is a, a tough decision for me, but it is between those two. So I'm happy to get Kendra Miller at the 201. I'm not nearly as excited about Kendra Miller uh, as you are, but I can tell you 
what makes you appreciate Kendra Miller is watching Max Duggan play quarterback. Uh, you know, Max Duggan was rough uh, in some of that film that you watch. Obviously, he had big playmakers around him, but Kendra Miller really kicked that offense off. And uh, I just hate that Jamal Williams is there. I hate that the Camara is still there. I hate that Williams and Miller kind of have the same skill set. Uh, which really uh, aggravates me about Kendry Miller. I did not understand this draft pick by the Saints. I was actually more bummed out about this than Charbonnet uh, going to Seattle, to be honest, because I do like Kendry Miller. I just don't like this landing spot as much. But um, Fitz, your your uh, thoughts on Miller, and then you're up to so we can see who this mystery player is. Yeah, uh, Miller was my RB5, uh, just behind Charbonnet and two behind the guy I'm going to pick here, Devon A-Chain. And uh, you know, Boggs, uh, I have been a Devon A-Chain enthusiast uh, throughout the pre-draft process. Just love the guy at Texas A&M. And yes, he is, um, you know, 5'8", 188, or wait, 5'9", 188, and uh, known for his speed. 4.32 4.32 and and this dude is like you know world class speed. I mean he can take take it to the house at any point. But like he's not just a, a little scat back. I mean he averaged over 23 touches a game for Texas A&M last year and almost 20 carries a game. And like he ran between the tackles and he, he's got like really good contact balance for smaller back. Kind of reminds me of worked on. And I was enthused uh, enthusiastic bugs to hear. Evan Silva of Establish the Run on with our guy Thor Nystrom, the resident fantasy pros, college football and NFL draft analyst, dishing out AFC draft grades. And Evan was talking about how he is going to be, uh, you know, overweight on Devon A-Chain and drafts this year. And a a guy as smart as Evan giving that sort of endorsement to A-Chain, you know, definitely warmed the cockles of my heart. And I just (laughs) I love the landing spot, A, a bunch of depressing running back landing spots, but a chain was a good one. Uh, you know, goes to a guy, Mike McDaniel, who really values speed and is going to find ways. I mean, we saw Raheem Mostert flourish when McDaniel was the running game coordinator in San Francisco. Um, another good year for Mostert last year, but Mostert's 31 and gets hurt a lot. Like a chain is younger and has, uh, infinitely more juice than Mostert. So like, I think he's just going to fit this scheme perfectly can't wait to see how McDaniel deploys him. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to get him here early in the second. Jay, to me, A-Chain moved up so much in the process because I was afraid of an undersized running back. All, all the speed, right? But this is a guy you give 10 touches. If he goes to the wrong spot, he ends up being 2-2 Atwell, right? He's like a weapon that you never use. You're just never in position uh, to give the rock to. But in Miami, where they split these uh, guys up anyway, and they're forming a track team that could compete with Olympians with Waddle and Hill and A-Chain now, um, I think it's like, okay, well, either early in the game, you give the ball to Devon A-Chain, and if he breaks one off, you you know, now you got safeties and linebackers creeping in a little bit. You're going over the top to Tyreek Hill. But if Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are working early, now the linebackers and safeties move back a step or two. Now you have a little more room to work with with Devon A-Chain. I love this pick for Miami. He moved up more than anybody else on my uh, pre-draft to post-draft boards. And um, this is right where I would take him. This is in the range. So are, are you in on Devon A-Chain here? Totally. I think this is is the right range for him. And, you know, for all the complaints we have about the running back landing spots, like you guys were saying, I mean, A-Chain going to Miami was the one we were all hoping for, essentially, uh, as they were going into day two. They hadn't even picked yet. Um, we were hoping that they were going to take a running back there as well. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he's a great 
like you said, big play threat as well as just like insurance policy for a guy like Raheem Mostert. I mean, if Raheem Mostert misses any time, he fits right into that same role. And I think that uh, Mike McDaniel's Mike McDaniel was very pleased to uh, get a chain. Yeah, I mean, he only had four picks. Use one of them on a chain, so he had to have liked it. Uh, my pick here, I'm going to go with Hendon Hooker, and uh, this is a quarterback from Tennessee going to Detroit. There's a couple reasons for this. Are there players that I like more than Hendon Hooker that can produce for me uh, today? Yes, of course. There's a lot of wide receivers. There's running backs. Even though you know Spears went to Tennessee, I think he'll produce more, obviously, for us than Hendon Hooker coming off an ACL injury. Swears up and down that he's going to be ready for preseason. He ain't going to be ready. Uh, he'll be ready about midway through the season. Uh, I don't I don't buy any of that. But this is a quarterback in a super flex draft that has the potential to start as early as next year for a very good team on offense. So Jared Goff has a lot to prove this year. So Hooker is an absolute gamble at this pick. I understand that. But there's no other QBs you want in this draft. So there's some you may take because you have to have a QB, but nobody else you want in my opinion. So I'm going to take hooker here, maybe a little bit uh, sooner than he should go. Uh, Jay, what do you think about Hendon hooker? And is this a reach or is this right about where he needs to go? It's a little earlier th than I would have taken him, but I think that the reasoning sound for, for why you did it, you know, and again, we're going to, you know, harp back to the same points about this being, you know, super flex draft and, uh, you know, there's been some rumors about the Lions extending Jared Goff recently since since the draft ended. Not really sure about that, but uh, I, I do like the Hendon Hooker pick for them, for the Lions. I think that, you know, he could be the the future plan for them at the position in an offense that just seems to be getting more loaded and loaded every every draft. Um, so, yeah, I like the Hendon Hooker pick. Uh, like I said, a little early for me, but I don't, I don't uh, disagree with your reasoning for it. Fitzy, am I Jack Reacher here? Am I Christina Ricci? Am, am I reaching a little too too early for Hendon Hooker? Look, I don't think so, Boggs. And I, I've got Hooker 14th overall for Superflex. And this is from someone who doesn't really believe in Hooker that much. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's it's less about the age and the knee injury than just that he played in that simplified Josh Heupel offense that made things really easy and, and bisected the field for him. And like, you know, it, as easy an offense for a quarterback to play in as there probably is in college football as you know our, our guy Thor was talking about on this show um so yeah I don't think you know there's a great percentage that he hits and and becomes this reliable starter but honestly in this draft I think the chance the hit rate plummets after about pick 10 yeah. so if, <laughs> if you're gonna that. you know like go for if all these guys have low hit rates, do it at the high leverage position, you know, yeah. like, so, I mean, if, if he really hits, um, you know, they're, they're running backs and receivers and tight ends around this portion of rookie drafts who, uh, you know, maybe you get a little bit better hit rate, but if they do hit, they're not going to have the sort of impact a starting quarterback has and, and the value that player has in super flex. So I'm yeah. totally on board with that sort of gamble here, even if I think it's less than a 50-50 chance Hooker pans out as an NFL starter. Uh, we're about to get real weird in this draft. It's going to be uh, fun to the end here. <laughs> but before we move on, let me tell you guys to subscribe to the Fantasy Pros YouTube channel where you can see our smiling faces. Comment below this video because when you do, you could win a free FRWE upgrade to Fantasy Pros Premium. Whether you're looking for custom mock drafts, salary cap tools, in-depth analysis for your fantasy performance, Fantasy Pros Premium has the tools to help you win. Unlock the most powerful fantasy tools in the industry. Don't want to wait for the giveaway? Sign up today at fantasypros.com slash premium and start playing smarter 
not harder. Leave a comment, subscribe. If you like the content, click the bell and you're going to get updated on all of our latest podcast, live streams, and short videos. So please check that out. Jay, you are up for pick number four in the second round. Miller, A-Chain, Hooker off the board. Who is going to be this fourth pick? Yeah, like you said, we're about to get a little weird here, I guess. I'm going to pick Jaden Reed uh, as my pick here at the 204. Uh, he was somebody, you know, who I've, I've listened to a lot of, you know, smarter people than myself prior to the draft who really liked him. I'll shout out, you know, JJ Zacharyson really liked him and said that he was, you know, scoring really well on his model. I think we were all expecting the draft capital to be more like third, fourth round. He went 50th overall to the Packers. Uh, Another fun stat about the Packers, it's just a quick one, but it's kind of pointless, but it's interesting. The Packers wide receivers they've taken in the second round since 2006 have been Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, Christian Watson, and Jaden Reed, uh, which doesn't really have any (laughs) legs to it. You know, there's no real correlation there. But the Packers <laughs> have done pretty well drafting wide receivers in the second round. And somebody who looked good in all those analytical models before the draft and then gets the draft capital on top of it uh, is somebody that I'm interested in. And the uh, you know wide receiver room in Green Bay is, is open. Uh, outside of Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, potentially. Uh, Jaden Reed could be playing immediately, and especially when they spent that high of a pick on him, I think they're going to want to get him on the field. Jay, my favorite part about this pick is you did it one spot in front of the Packers fan uh, fits here. Uh, I, I love that, that you sni- you sniped him here. Uh, Fitz, was that your pick here at uh, the fifth pick in the second round? And what do you think about uh, Jaden Reed going here? He wasn't going to be uh, my pick, but I, I do think it's a very intriguing pick. And uh, I think this is maybe right around the spot in the draft where he should go in rookie drafts. Um, Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who really had some heat. Uh, yeah, picked up a lot of momentum coming in. Yes, uh, you know, smart analysts like JJ Zacharyson were all over Jaden Reed, and uh, the Packers that they spent this sort of draft capital on him. We know that they had a need at wide receiver. I mean, he basically becomes the number three man in the wide receiver room. That is Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and a bunch of UDFA practice squad guys. So um, Jaden Reed's immediately got an opening here and, um, you know, he is uh, an intriguing prospect. So um, I, I'm, I like the pick. The Packers definitely drafting for that middle of the field versatility with the two tight ends yes. they took as well as Jaden Reed. So, all right, Fitz, you're up for pick five in the second round. Who's it going to be? Yeah, 205 is going to be Sam Laporta. I don't want to let down Derek Brown and our own Thorne Eister, <laughs> who uh, absolutely love this guy. And, and man, like we heard that he might be picked higher than uh, was commonly believed and uh, going early in the second round to the Lions, which I think is a pretty good landing spot, even if they were maybe a little bit guilty of underutilizing another Iowa tight end, TJ Hawkinson, who they traded away. But um, yeah, like Sammy Ballgame, as uh, Thor likes to call him, is uh, he's just good, man. And, And Iowa's offense was just garbage last year. And Laporta was the one guy who... Um, you know, his target share was what, around 30% in that offense. Like he was the only thing that worked in the Iowa passing game in the entire o- Iowa offense, really. So uh, I think he's going to make a quick transition to the NFL. And uh, I'm I'm kind of excited about him. It's It's interesting that I think in every rookie draft, like where the tight ends go, is going to be kind of a mystery. Like they're going to start <laughs> peeling off the board. I mean, Kincaid's going to sneak into the first round in a lot of uh, drafts, certainly every one QB draft. 
But where the other guys go is going to be really interesting because I think you can make a case for them, you know, early in the second, late in the second. Some are, are going to fall into the third. Um, so there's going to be some variance in where the tight ends go in rookie drafts this year. And speaking of which I have the next pick and I'll just, I'll just tell you, I'm going to take Michael Mayer, the tight end, uh, going to the Raiders. I actually have him a little bit ahead of Laporta, uh, just because I do think that immediately from day one, Michael Mayer drops in and is the number one tight end for Vegas. Now that, uh, Darren Waller is off to the giants in the trade before the draft. And, uh, this is just a dependable guy. He's going to be on the field. Um, you know, a lot of comparisons to Witten, Dalton Schultz. I think he's in between those guys. I don't think he's as good as Witten. I don't think he's not, he's way more athletic than Dalton Schultz. So I think this is a good spot uh, for him uh, to land. Devante is obviously the number one. Josh Jacobs heavy, but you give Jimmy G, you got to give him some tight end talent. He just had George Kittle. So, you know, uh, give him a safety blanket over the middle. And I like Mayor. What do you think about those two tight end picks? And then you're up, Jay. Uh, what do you think of those? And then let us know who you want. Yeah, I think I was, you know, it feels like I was sniped on both of those. They're both good picks. <laughs> um, in terms of Michael Mayer, I really think that, you know, it's, things have changed since the draft in terms of, I, you know, he, he dropped a little bit further than we thought. Uh, I thought he was going to go in top 20, essentially, uh, with the Chargers kind of being the floor there. He dropped, he dropped a little bit uh, further than we thought. At the same time, like you said, I think he landed in a spot where he is going to play immediately. Uh, Josh McDaniels is used to utilizing the tight end. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo with those short area targets there as well should, you know, fit with Michael Mayer. And he's an all-around tight end, so he's going he's gonna to fit there. Uh, I think that was a good pick, and that's who I would have picked at this next pick at 107. Uh, I'm going to take, or sorry, 207. I'm going to take Jonathan Mingo off the board. Um, you know, it feels like I'm chasing the draft capital right now with Mingo and then Jaden Reed. But at the same time, I felt like this pocket of wide receivers here, there were a lot of guys that were kind of in the same boat for me uh, coming into the draft. Jonathan Mingo actually was not one of them, but he got picked, you know, surprisingly high. Uh, he went, what, 39th overall to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, and again, a room where it's a, not wide open, but I mean, it's Adam Thielen, it's DJ Chark, it's Jonathan Mingo, um, you know, Terrace Marshall, you know, we'll see. I think that Jonathan Mingo is kind of a replacement for that. You know, they haven't been, you know, too happy with what Terrace Marshall, Marshall has done. Mingo's a versatile receiver. Um, and again, kind of going back to some people who are smarter than myself, I've seen Matt Harmon really, you know, pumping him since he got drafted there with, you know, actually his route tree looks a little bit better. He's got good size. He's like 6'2", 220, uh, versatile guy. And so, you know, hopefully he can pick up some, uh, chemistry with Bryce Young immediately and going early second was a great spot for him. So I like him here. I'll take the risk. Seem like a late riser there too. That, that's a solid pick. Let's finish out the second round and then we'll go back and talk about these picks. So Fitz at pick number eight in the second, who would you take in this spot? I am going to go with uh, Josh Downs here mm. and um, like really close. He's close for me with mango tough call i think downs is maybe higher floor lower ceiling than mango is kind of the way i feel about that one i just feel like there's a, a pretty good percentage that downs becomes just this solid slot guy i think he's kind of a, a jameson crowder plus Ooh, so i um, like that yeah. yeah and like crowder's not a guy who ever you know lit it up for you in fantasy but he was a, a pretty useful asset for quite a while, you know, maybe notoriously overdrafted, but, um, you know, I, th I think downs could be a little better, uh, you know, and, and put up a little more, uh, more prolific numbers than, uh, Crowder did. But I, I think there's a good chance though, that he becomes fantasy relevant. I, I think the chances of missing on downs are pretty low. 
Yeah, I mean, great contested catch guy. So even if he can't get open, we you know we can go up and get it. So uh, I, I love that pick. Definitely snipe me too, Fitzy. So a nice pick there. Jalen Hyatt, for me, the wide receiver out of Tennessee going to the Giants. I just think there's opportunity there. Even though he is the, the least experienced, I think he might be the best wide receiver in that room from day one, which puts you up, Jay, for pick number 10 in the second round. Yeah, I'm going to take Roshan Johnson here, the running back from Texas, going to the Bears. Yeah, it feels a little early uh, based on some of the rookie drafts that I have done so far since the draft, but it, it feels like an ambiguous backfield, you know, where it's Dante Foreman, it's Khalil Herbert, it's Roshan Johnson, and they picked him in the fourth round, which isn't terrible, you know, for a running back coming in, especially him where I think he could have gone anywhere between, you know, the second to the fifth round. Lands in the fourth, not too bad. I think he can find himself an immediate opportunity there as well as a future opportunity as well based on, you know, Khalil Herbert and Dante Foreman's contracts. So I think that, you know, he's a good fit there in a run-heavy offense. Love it. Take my Texas guy right before I could. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, Pat, pick number 11 in the second. Who's it going to be? Well, then, Boggs, I'll upset you by taking an Oklahoma guy. Let's go with Marvin Mims. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was interesting to see the Broncos sort of aggressively go and get him when they've already got Cortland Sut- Sutton, Jerry Judy, uh, Tim Patrick coming off an injury. And um, But who knows if they're going to have all those guys? Because we know there were rumors about the Broncos possibly looking to deal either Sutton or Judy. Um, and like Mims is just a playmaker. We saw it at Oklahoma like this. He's a big play guy. And, um, I, as much as he looks blocked in this, this depth chart, I still like the landing spot. Cause I like that. He's going to be matched up with Sean Payton. Yeah. I mean, I, I look, I can't, I don't hate the player. Um, Marvin Mims is great. I despise the spot because Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton are both one, two, Tim Patrick still on the team. Sean Payton's bringing in Marquez Calway and every other wide receiver from the saints that he ever coached. So it's just a crowded room, uh, there. So, uh, I like Marvin Mims. I just don't like the landing spot. I'll go with uh, Rasheed Rice to close out the second round. The, uh, big wide receiver that ends up in Kansas city, uh, might push MBS to the bench or off the roster would not be surprised by that, but they're just looking for some magic. Uh, they're looking for a guy with size. They got all these little guys like Tony and, and Sky Moore to pair with Kelsey and Pacheco, the run game here. So trying to give uh, a target size and Mahomes will throw this dude open. So you don't have to have a lot of separation when you have Patrick Mahomes. So love the landing spot for him. We move to the third. Jay, you are up for that first pick. Who's it going to be? I'm going to take Tank Bigsby, uh, the running back from Auburn, going to Jacksonville. And, you know, I, I'm an Eagles fan. I, I've seen Doug Peterson work before. I've seen he likes to, you know, split up these backfields. And and he showed us that. He told us that during the offseason, too, that they were going to add another back. They did. Um, I think that Bigsby, you know, got decent draft capital for a running back going 88th off the board. And he lands in an opportunity where I think he is going to get immediate touches in a good offense. I think the Jacksonville offense is going to be much, much improved this year, even over last. So I take Tank Bigsby there at 301. All right, 302, Fitzy. Who's it going to be? I know this one is going to hurt you, Boggs, uh, because I know you love this guy. I'm going to take Luke Musgrave. And, uh, you know, had to, had to get a Packer since uh, since Jay took Jaden Reed off the board from me. But, um, you know, a big dude who runs like a gazelle and the Packers have a, a vacancy for a tight end. Now, they did double tap tight end, as we know, in the draft, also taking Tucker Craft a little later. So, you know, it's not guaranteed that um, Musgrave beats out Craft, but he did get picked first. And, um, you know, like I know the love for Musgrave is not totally unanimous. Like 
Derek Brown doesn't really like him that much. I think he's got like Brenton Strange ranked higher in his uh, rookie rankings. Yeah, I, I have debated that with Debro privately. Um, so, but yeah, I, like I am high on Musgrave, and I think uh, early third round seems about right for him. I mean, I I love Musgrave. I kind of hate the fact that he got drafted with Tucker Craft. Uh, because Sucker Craft can't block at all, and uh, Musgrave can, so um, they'll probably ask him to block more. Kind of like when Hayden Hurst was drafted ahead of Mark Andrews, and Mark Andrews was the receiving guy. I could see that panning out, but Musgrave so much more experience uh, than Craft, so that's going to be uh, a weird one for sure. Didn't love the landing spot, but I'm going to go with Ty J Spears. Look, I love the talent. Um, you know, we heard Matt Waldman on this podcast compare him to Jamal Charles. I don't think he's that good, but I think he's very good. I think he could be the lead back. Derrick Henry is a little bit older. The reason that he fell to the third round, though, is because that Derrick Henry is a freak of nature. And he may stay in the NFL for three or four more solid years of 300 touches because he's just a different animal than anybody else in the league. He is such a beast. I, I you know, going to be sad when Derrick Henry is no longer running in the NFL. He's so much fun to watch, but the entire offense is built around him. So there's not a lot of wiggle room for anybody else. So you take Spears and you kind of wait in a dynasty draft uh, yeah. as far and as the I'm knee thing bogs. I mean, like the, yeah. the concerns that he could be have like a Jay Ajayi type career where he's good, but maybe he's not around very long because of that. And it kind of sucks that one of, you know, if he is going to have a shorter career that he's going to spend the first year of it backing up Derrick Henry. Yeah. I yeah. mean, at least maybe it'll give him some more time to recover. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, the, you know, Taiji, one of my favorites going in falls to the third, kind of sad to see, but excited to get him in the third. So Jay, uh, pick number four in the third round, who's it going to be here? I'm going to take Cedric Tillman, uh, who I liked coming in. I think he was an interesting prospect. He lands in Cleveland, which I think was a pretty good landing spot for him. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson, I think will bounce back a little bit more, you know, shake off some of the rust from last year. And, and it seems like a more, crowded wide receiver room than I think it actually will be in the future. Uh, you know, they have Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Elijah Moore. Donovan Peoples-Jones is a free agent uh, next offseason, so in 2024. I think Cedric Tillman, you know, he's 6'3", big receiver, kind of can play that same role as Peoples-Jones. Um, and I, I like him there. I like the talent. And I think that, you know, in, in the long term, it'll, it'll fit a little bit better than maybe the immediate uh, 2023 season. So I like getting him there as well. Fitzy, pick number five. Who's it going to be? Chase Brown. Bengals uh, like the landing spot um, pleasantly surprised by, by how fast he ran at the combine after a not great senior bowl. I realized that, but man, this dude was so productive at Illinois and he handled a big load. He averaged like 27 carries uh, for the fighting Illini last fall. And if as rumored, the Bengals uh, do release Joe Mixon after June 1st, all of a sudden, Chase Brown is uh, in line for potentially a really big role as a rookie and, uh, you know, like a, a fantasy impactful role. I mean, anyone who can carry uh, the load for Brett Bielema can carry the load. Uh, and that is Chase Brown. He's undersized, but a workhorse of, of uh, a player. A couple fumble issues, but a lot of fun to watch. So uh, interesting pick for Cincinnati there. Uh, for me here, I'm going to take Tucker Craft. I'm going to go back to tight end. Uh, I love the landing spot of a lot of these guys as well. So uh, Tucker Craft landing in Green Bay, um, not my favorite landing spot because Musgrave is there. But like I said before about Musgrave, and I still do have Musgrave 
ahead of Kraft, just to be completely clear here. But I could easily see Kraft not even playing tight end and playing big slot wide receiver and not really blocking inline at all, but being a potential target hog. And he's another big target like Musgrave uh, around the red zone. So uh, I think he could be pretty solid from the jump in Green Bay if given the opportunity. So uh, I'll reach back to tight end. Jay, you're at pick number seven in the third. Yeah, I'm going to take, it might be a little early, but I'm going to take Nathaniel uh, Tank Dell, the uh, wide receiver going to Houston. And he went a little early, earlier in the NFL draft, I thought, than we kind of expected as well. He went uh, 69th overall and, you know, a little bit of narrative there too since the draft has ended you know he's been saying him and cj stroud on some chemistry cj stroud has you know allegedly went and uh, you know preached that they should pick tank dell uh as well and i think you know it's kind of a theme of my draft here too i, I mean i'm picking a lot of these guys that you know i think could have some immediate opportunity in some of these wide receiver rooms that aren't solidified uh and houston feels like that as well you know it's nico collins noah brown it's robert woods um, and I think Tank Dell might be able to fit in there right away as a, as a big play threat. You know, the size is a little concerning. Uh, he'll have to be an outlier in that sense. But uh, I think he, they invested in him highly, and I think he's got an immediate opportunity. Uh, good pick there. It makes the the end interesting here because that's like, to me, it's one of the last of the really good picks. So who do you got, Fitz? Who is at uh, pick number eight in the third? Evan Hall, Northwestern running back. Uh, we just know he's probably going to step in right away and be a passing down back in the NFL. Fits that role well. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's going to handle the early down work on obvious passing downs. Bring in the guy who led FBS in running back receptions last year. Um, max effort player, uh, faster than maybe we thought he was going to be at the combine. Uh, a lot to like here, even if the role might be kind of limited. All right, let's get weird. Uh, pick number nine, I gonna take Stetson Bennett. I I'm not a Stetson Bennett fan, but he ends up in LA. There's no other QB except Matt Stafford on the roster who missed most of last year is, you know, riding off into the sunset in his NFL career as well. Uh, his team has salary cap issues that can't afford to go pick up uh, many other QB options. So Stetson might be the immediate backup. We saw Baker Mayfield come into L.A. and win a game with three days of knowledge. So give him a whole offseason. I think he could be uh, all right. And this is still a super flex mock. So uh, if you're desperate, that would probably be the next man up after the big five for me. Uh, so pick number 10 here, Jay, uh, your last one in this draft. Who's it going to be? I'm going to go with Tyler Scott, uh, the wide receiver from Cincinnati going to uh, Chicago. I, you know, I think that he'll have some opportunity there. He's somebody who I think actually kind of fell throughout the actual NFL draft uh, based on what we thought, where we thought he was going to go pre-draft. Um, some people, you know, some draft analysts, I mean, Dane Brugler had a second round grade on him, thought he was a really exciting player. He's been compared to, you know, Tyler Lockett uh, by more than one person that I've listened to. Uh, and I think that, you know, there's a fit in Chicago for, for a guy like him. Um, Darnell Mooney, I don't know if he'll be there long term. He'll have to get an extension to stay there too much longer. Um, and I think he's a good fit. So I like Tyler Scott here at the end of the third. I wish we had more time to talk. Cause I cannot believe that his teammate Trey Tucker went ahead of him. I, I thought that was crazy. Yeah, no. <laughs> and that is classic Raiders, but we don't even have time uh, to talk on it. So, uh, Fitzy, your last pick in this draft. I'm going to stay with wide receiver, go with Kayshawn Booty. And, um, you know, like hit rates are low in the third round of rookie drafts, the late third, uh, you know, and Booty might not do anything. But, man, if this guy can uh, tap into what he showed when he broke out as a freshman at LSU in 2020 and, and started really well as a sophomore, 
going against SEC competition, I mean, like this guy, I, I think could be Jarvis Landry, like in his impact. And I kind of like that he went to the Patriots. Uh, maybe Bill Belichick can get him to fall in the line. And if he does, he could be a pleasant surprise. Although I, I realize the percentage chances of him hitting might not be great, but if he does hit, I think he could hit in a big way. I'm right there with you. And I was pretty upset when you just took him in uh, the league that we're in uh, like three or four spots ahead of me in our initial rookie draft here fits. So uh, yeah, uh, needed to give you crap for that one. So thanks for bringing that up again. Uh, death by a thousand cuts here. Uh, the last pick in this draft for me, I'm going to go with Zach Evans running back got drafted to the LA Rams. Uh, you know, cam Akers, I do think is the better back, but you know, uh, they they have nothing behind him. Kyron Williams is a receiving back, should probably only be uh, a receiving back, a third down guy. And, um, you know, Akers was weird, left the team, came back. Seems like they worked it out. But I think he's not that far behind Akers in terms of talent. I think he's going to be a better pro than he was uh, a college player getting kicked around at TCU and Ole Miss. So uh, I am excited to see what he has in L.A. I can't believe it took two Rams, by the way, to end this draft. But (laughs) that will wrap it up for us today on the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Fantasy Football Pod. Thank you to Jay for coming and hanging out. Jay, please uh, tell everyone where they can find all your work and what you're doing and what you got coming up. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at jrshjay. A-R-S-H-T, uh, and uh, my podcast at High Floor Football at High Floor FB uh, with my buddy Sam Wagman. So we're recording uh, every Tuesday night, and you know they're out by Wednesday typically. So that's what, that's what I'm up to. So thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. You got it. Fitzy at Fitz underscore FF. What is going on for you? Just a lot of grinding, right? Yes, sir. Uh, getting ready for our uh, dynasty kit and our redraft kit. So, uh, yeah, just a lot of work and great to have Jay on. Uh, you know, it was good to talk to him again. I've been on with him and Sam. Great show. Check it out. Uh, awesome time. And thank you guys for joining us. You can follow me at Bogman Sports. Catch me here in this league. Obviously, just check out my Twitter. You can see all my work. But that is it for a three round Superflex rookie draft. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll see you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. You know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.